Cool. All right. All right. What's, up, Jay? What's going on? I'm calling you KG. What's going hey, on, KG? That'll work. That'll work for me. <laughs> listen, listen, we you and I have talked about uh starting this this podcast. Uh it actually, you know, was kind of birthed from something else that you and I were doing. Right. Um, but let's let's just kind of jump right on into our introductions. Uh if you want to go ahead and go first. Uh, sure. Um, my name is Joy. I go by Jay or Joy, your choice. My pronouns is rich, millionaire, mystic. Um, but if you want to be more politically correct, I am she and her and hers. Those are my my pronouns in the corporate world. I am so glad to be here and I can't wait to jump into our topic for tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, uh, thank you for introducing yourself. I am Keisha. I am the other co-host of this wonderful podcast. We we both decided to call it Regal Mindset. So right. please be sure to follow us on our social media platforms. You'll probably see little tickers at the end or on the bottom of the screen throughout uh, the evening, uh, just letting you know how to find us on social media. So, uh, but we are the host of this wonderful podcast, uh, Regal Mindset. So uh, stay tuned, put your seatbelts on, and let's get into it. So what's our topic tonight? What are we talking about? The miseducation of the stud. I think that is a great opening of where we're going with our topics, where we're going with this platform. And this is, we're going to hit on so much, but this is a trending conversation. And who best to hear it from other than what the horse's mouth, right? So the miseducation of the stud. So how are we going to open up with this? What, what, how do you feel that everyone is miseducated by the stud? I'm going to answer that in saying that I personally feel like it's uh, a misconception in that one of us uh, within our relationships or the dynamic of our relationship has to be a man and the other person has to be a female. Right. Yeah. Crazy to me. Beyond crazy. Because, (laughs) but that's, that's the norm that helps people be comfortable with their acceptance of you. And it's so unfair because it doesn't allow them to really know who you are because they're seeing you in such a a one particular dynamic. And, you know, like I shared with you, I don't consider myself a stud. I'm not I'm not a a rearing horse that's (laughs) that I'm was now organizational wise. I am a rearing stallion, however, but. When we think of a stud, that is a horse that is created only to bear other other horses. And that's <laughs> not what I am. I'm not a stud. Uh, but and I don't even really, really embrace the full masculine of center label. I embrace it all because it's it's what makes me me. You know, I love the I love to dress the way I dress. And because of that, and because I do dress more on the masculine side, uh-huh. um, I think that's where the the misconception comes in of, oh, well, she's a stud and not a femme. But then when you're around me, 
and you find out that I'm not into sports, I'm not in animals, I'm, I would love to cook and I love to decorate and I love to do all day. You're like, oh my God, who is this person? Well, that's me. You know, just because I choose not to wear makeup, but it was a once upon a time I did. I wore makeup. I did makeup. You know, I do my eyebrows on a regular basis. It's, it's, it's a lot to it. And, and I don't want people to take mannerism and mm. clothes to be a person's um, um, box. Right. And I right. think that's where the biggest thing is. And to me, that's where the misconception and the miseducation. Yeah. Um, but also, even in the, the community, studs don't know how to separate themselves. They feel, so I feel in my, young, in my younger years that um, it was, you had to act a certain way to mm. be accepted. And it was like, come on now. When you grew <laughs> up, we grew up. Okay. Like, I don't have to sag my pants. I ain't got to grab nothing. I ain't got to be like, yo, what's up, homie? And I, I don't talk like that. So, you know, that's, but growing up in LGBT, when you didn't have a mentor or a role model, that's what you took on because stud represented boy. Right. You know, so that's, that's my perspective on it. Listen, I, I would 100% agree. I will also add that for some reason, society feels like they have to, uh, like you said, uh, put us in this little box or define us a certain way to make them comfortable. Right. I'm not here to make you comfortable, right? Absolutely not. What I desire to do and how I conduct myself and carry mm -hmm. myself in a public setting and into the world is far from what I will allow you to call me and or define me. Right. Right. So that I just, I, listen, if that's the energy that they bring in, I don't want it. They're crazy. It, I ain't got time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I, and we're capable of changing their vision towards us Absolutely. by the way that we present ourselves. And so, you know, there, you know, when I say them, I'm talking about those who are not in the community, those right. who are, are not mature enough in the community and, the, you know, and those who are, don't have the experience the way we have. And it's our job to educate them, hence regal mindset, okay. to educate them in the way that we are by just being ourselves and, and showing up authentic, showing up, you know, in our true, sincere form. And, and you know, because I, I think when I used to engage in conversations, especially with the heterosexual community, all they saw was, was parades and rainbows and flags. And I'm like, but we're homeowners. We're, we're mothers and fathers and we have careers. Yeah, entrepreneurs. We have careers, legitimate, not just small and medium business owners. We're talking about CEOs of companies and, and operating in spaces that you think we don't because all you see is, let's be frank, booty out chaps at a parade walking down, <laughs> walking down the road or a man in heels with a, with a fan and he's flipped and that's not it. That's not us. You know, that is just a collective few, but it doesn't represent us. Absolutely. You know, you know, yeah. or being toxic, you know, out there in the street fighting and you're approaching a man as if he won't punch you back. They want all the you smoke. Know, they want all of it. They want all of it. 
And it's crazy. It's crazy to me. And and I think now that you have people like uh, like ourselves showing up in the spaces that were that is not our our spaces and showing them like, okay, no, they're just because we dress a particular way doesn't doesn't make us any different or not violate, but but segregate us to a particular zone just because I can wear a suit better than you. Okay. That part. Yeah. Well, that, that leads us exactly to the purpose and the reason behind the name, the regal mindset itself, right? right? Regal right. just being, you know, magnificent, how we carry ourselves, simply just how we show up to the world. And then if you break that even down, break it down even further to changing our mindset, which is the purpose, of the, you know, of the vision of the podcast, mm-hmm. and of course, to uh, not just to educate, but of course, change your thought process. That just simply means to think things into existence and the power of the mind even itself is infinite. That's so good. That's beautiful. Infinite. Oh my God. And if people would grasp that, like, you know, I, I operate as a life coach, mm-hmm. you know, being, uh, we, I, my focus is our success, realization and manifestation. And if people can really get the one thing, it all starts with a thought. That's it. It's so, oh, the mind is such a beautiful thing to that. If you understood the power that you have mentally, then you will understand how to show up in this earthly realm in such a magnificent place and in such a regal place just because you exist and it's it's so hard for people to get that and i'm hoping that watching our presentations and watching and and logging in and subscribing to our podcast that's that is what they're getting is that the whole purpose is to go after the mind and help you create that purposeful mindset to exist. Absolutely. I, I think you hit it uh the nail on the head. That is exactly what the purpose and or intent of this podcast is. We got a lot of things cook cook a lot of things cooking in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, it definitely is. We do, we do. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, but let's jump back on to the subject. The the typical mindset, in my opinion, again, of a stud, another misconception, in my opinion. Uh, that I often get uh, sometimes uh, when people uh, call you a different or refer to you as a different gender, right? Right. Sir, uh, he, you know, uh, to some degree, I understand uh, perhaps my appearance, you know, from a distance, or uh, if you don't know me, I may appear to be of the male, uh, you know, gender. However, if I correct you at that point, now you know better. Exactly. I expect you to treat me better. And if you don't, then hey. we will handle it accordingly. But I think, but but you know what? You you brought up such a good point with that that brings us to the offense that's always around being misgendered. Or it's like, okay, if you dress like a man, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. to a to an untrained eye or a person that's not locked in into the LGBT community, whether they're not an ally or whatever, they're going to address you the way they see you. Mm-hmm. So it so with that being said, you can't always be on the offense just because somebody perceived right. you wrong. Right. You can offer a gentle correction of, you know, I do go by ma'am, I do go by joy, you know, and if they ask, well, what are your pronouns? She, her, and you, ex- at that point, you expected them to comply. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, then you can handle, you know, the offense accordingly. But in our, er- our um, um, jobs and our careers, you know, we have more mature people that can respect that more right. than more than the ones that don't respect it. But then if you're in retail and things like that, that <laughs> is and then your and your employer is not inclusive, like for example, Starbucks, they allow them to be themselves. So if you see a physical female, but their name tag says Logan or charlie or they have their pronouns then you you see what they want to be called and it is offensive for you to go up and misgender them because it's not it's what makes you comfortable but um you know i've been in a space where i've been misgendered mm-hmm. and i had to either i had to make a complaint because it was intentional or uh-huh. just be like no just call me joy i'm good and they'll be like or they'll say ma'am or i'm perfectly fine with that mm-hmm. you know um but it's just all about how you respond you know we believe that it's what 10 percent <laughs> of what happens to you and 90 percent of how you re- react to it so yeah, yeah. So i was that, gonna add uh you're absolutely right uh you touched on a point that i, I want to kind of delve into uh in, in our certain particular fields, right? We're both uh, professionals uh, mm-hmm. in the work setting. Uh, give me an example of what you feel like is a gentle, respectful way to correct someone who's referred to you in the incorrect gender. I, because you also got to gauge the the tone and the right. the energy and the atmosphere. Um, so a majority of my interactions are on a construction site. Mm-hmm. So as a, a, as a project director, um, whether I'm operating as a program manager or as a project manager, I sometimes have to go to sites where I'm in a construction environment. So when you think construction, it is what it is. You got a hard hat, you got a boots, you out there with everything like that. And I've experienced more intentional disrespect because of who I am, because I own this project. Okay. And the fact that you have to report to me. So, and, you know, along with the certifications that I have to have to be on those particular job sites. So I've had, um, especially from white men, I get the biggest pushback from white men. They're wow. upset because I showed up as an, a black person, a black female in a bow tie. <laughs> and I am also the director of this project. I've hit you with four things and you're mad. 
<laughs> and so, they, so yeah, they're big mad. So I had, so in the midst of a conversation, they were like, well, I mean, I don't know who you want to go by. I said, well, I go by Joy. That's preferable. That's my name that my mother gave me, my father gave me, and my grandfather gave me, you know? And I said, so if, if that is okay with you, just call me Joy. Well, you know, you can be whoever you are, they, them. I've already <laughs> asked you to call me Joy. And then that's the second time. The third time, it's a form of complaint because you're doing it intentionally. Right. So, right. you know, it's all about, I will, I typically, try to laugh and smile through everything, even through if it's a form of correction. So I try to soften the blow. Right. But the second time I've already asked you to call me joy. Yeah. No, and I, I need you to respect that. Yeah. That's the key point right there. Respect. Right. Um, I, I can, I can see in that scenario, how those kinds of things could happen. Mm -hmm. uh, it is unfortunate that we live in a world today where people uh, their level of ignorance oftentimes shows up uh, louder than they are themselves. Right, right. Uh, I would say for me, I'm also a professional. I work uh, right. for the Department of Defense. And uh, in my setting, I have to oftentimes have some level of, like you said, emotional intelligence and mm -hmm. determine whether or not this person's uh, ignorance uh, led them to say or ask or or mention or refer to me uh, as the incorrect gender. Uh, and my response, nine times out of 10, that, that actually I can't think of one time uh, in my professional setting that I've had to be disrespectful. So, um, but I've always just addressed it you know, and, and, and just turn around and, and usually it's greeted with a smile like, hey, right. you know what? I'm sorry, I don't know you, but my name is Keisha. And, you know, I work in this department, so on and mm -hmm. so forth. What's your name? And then usually um, um, the response is, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't. Right. Mean and so uh, just having some level of emotional intelligence and, and trying to understand, uh, again, if that was uh, you just made an honest mistake. Listen, yeah. I, I, that's fine. You know, we, we we're good. I'm good. You know, you have a good day. And then that's right. Right. It. Right. But but then on the flip side, <laughs> they come <laughs> sometimes they come in a whole totally different way. Yeah. They don't respect the fact that <laughs> I'm not into them. And I get a lot of um, invitations oh. and I'm like, sir. OK, because I mean, at the end of the day, I have a very girl shape. OK, I have a very feminine shape. I have hips, you know, I, even though I had a reduction. They, you can still tell. Right. And I mean, they, they don't care that we're wearing the same clothes. <laughs> they, <laughs> I'll be like, hey, what are we doing? Hey, so what about your husband? Um, I have a wife. And oh, because I, matter of fact, this is a funny story. I, I was on a job site and I was doing a final inspection. So I'm walking with the actual um, county inspector um, and we're walking and this is the second one that I've had him to do. So at this point we're talking because we've already got, you know, over the weird part from the first inspection we did. So we're walking, he's talking, he's talking about, Hey, have you ever met um, the guy? I'm gonna call this Casey. And he was like, have you had, I said, no, I've never talked to him before. I mean, you know, we talked on the phone via email, but I never seen in person. I think it'd be somebody you're interested in. I said, well, I don't think that um, 
you know, he might be interested in me. And he said, well, he's a handsome guy, good looking guy. And I just, you know, and you should just see him. And I said, yeah, I don't think that's, I don't, you know, I just, I don't think my wife would be okay with that. Yeah. Cause he's, and he just kept going. And I'm like, sir, pick up on the clues. Like, <laughs> and, and some guys, yeah, they don't. And, and, and it's funny because it's like, Oh, y'all really try hard. Like y'all, I, maybe it's a um, game or, you know, they don't, they still see girl. They don't see, huh? <laughs> like, sir, I, don't, I didn't come in here with a skirt on. <laughs> okay. No, it goes either way sometimes. I don't yeah. know. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. So listen, you and I both know, uh, even in the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. uh, there's new titles that come up oh, every other every hour. Day. Yeah. You know, uh, like we mentioned, or we're talking about the misconceptions of studs. I, we would be for the rest of this podcast, naming all the titles of every person under the umbrella of the LGBTQ plus right. umbrella. Right. Uh, right. So we won't spend or waste that time doing so. But like we talked about just briefly earlier, uh, a stud or what we'll define as a stud today, just maybe a masculine, masculine presenting person, woman, right, right. Uh, versus what they may have been uh, referred to or, or called in the past. Right. Uh, say 10 years ago, 20 years ago. What's your thoughts about that? Um, and believe it, uh, my thoughts are, it has definitely grown. Um, even from when I lived my life, the way that I decided to live by being masculine presenting. Um, I could say that first, because it was something that was an afterthought after me and you had the, the initial conversation, is that it, we were always defined by two words that I feel is very offensive. Some people might not be offense, offended, but I'm offended if I hear bull dagger, And if I hear dyke, if I hear dyke, those are to me two of the most offensive words. And yeah, and like for some white people, dyke is okay for them. Mm. You can't call me that and don't think nothing is about to pop off. It's as if a white person calling me the N word. I just, it's, it's very offensive. But when I was growing up, I was raised Holy Bible Church of God, Pentecostal holiness. Yeah. So everything was a bull dagger. Bull dagger this, bull dagger that. And so that's all you heard. So it was with so, uh, I don't want to be that because right. you had to be the scum of the earth because you was a bull dagger. And I don't even know what a bull dagger is. Like I never even looked up the word, but a lot of church people. And old people used the word bulldagger, and it was right. very offensive. And then as I got older, then it was like, all right, you're a lesbian. Because at first, remember, we was just homosexuals. But then the definition, then, the, then we had to separate well, homosexual, and then you got the gay and lesbian. Huh. So then now you got lesbian, and then you got femme lesbian, stud lesbian. Then that stud broke down into 13 different other <laughs> and it's like I can't we can't keep up. Right. Yeah, but but 
and and it's it's hard. And I understand why people don't want to put labels on themselves. Right. But it's like, I listen. Sometimes you got cotton. Sometimes you got polyester. It's like, <laughs> it, you, it's just a fabric. Just pick one. Yeah. You know, and it's hard. It's hard for me because it's even in the LGBT community. I, I can't keep up. I mean, what about you? Like, what about you? Know you know what? I honestly feel like I would need uh, an extension behind my name or almost like an extra degree to determine mm-hmm. which one of those boxes I actually fit in if I choose to be in a box. Oh, we lost you. Oh, okay. No, we here. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, but yeah, if we, if I chose to to check one of the boxes that I felt like fit closest to me, you know, I would need uh, another education, another degree to be able to determine what that is. Um, and we don't have time because okay, <laughs> we would never have time. We, we just don't. Um, right. What I tend to, how I refer to myself uh, for a person who is not very familiar with the LGBT space, uh, I, I may say stud, I may say soft stud, I may say um, masculine of center person, woman, uh, something to that nature. Um, but if you know me and we've had, you know, some conversation or uh, even after I've the first introduction, it's that, like you don't have, that's not the only way that you have yeah. to right? I'm so right. much more than that, you know, as, as my personality uh, and the whole spectrum of the LGBT community itself. We are so diverse and so dynamic in so many different areas of our life that we don't have to fit in this little box. Right, right. People or others comfortable. Just yeah. call me my name or whatever name yeah. I choose to give you. Yeah. And that's, that's because, okay. because when you said dominant, it's like, to me, I'm softly dominant. Okay. Because even though I present myself masculine in attire, I'm not masculine of center. Okay. I'm more feminine of center than anybody. <laughs> I it is I am. You know, and you're allowed to be. Yeah, and that and that's it. So it's like, like you said, trying to find a perfect box will never exist because I wouldn't be Joy. I wouldn't be Jay because a lot of my friends they call me Jay, and that's realistic, you know. And and but I go by Joy. I I'm okay with it, mm-hmm. you know. When I'm around my frats, is you call me Deb Debo. It you can call me. You know, to their kids and they fur babies. I could be Uncle Deb. I could be. I don't. It doesn't matter because I'm right. okay. Because one, I don't. I don't feel that it's in my nature to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because I think it's beautiful to be able to have balance between your femininity and masculinity. Uh, one, that is the perfect design of God to be male and female and have those two working simultaneously. And so I enjoy it. And however, when I first started in this whole journey, I didn't, I tried to be more boy because I didn't know, I didn't know me. I didn't, I wasn't comfortable. I was, I didn't know. You're right. And it took me a while. It took me a while to figure out how I want to dress, how yeah. I want to show up, how I want to be perceived. 
you know, so yeah. And that is it, that's a that's it, a process in itself, would you say? Right. Yeah. It's it's it it comes along with time, it comes along with maturity. Yeah. You know, um yeah, it comes along and it it makes you question um a lot of the things that how how a lot of people are now transitioning in particular ways, you know, whether they transitioning. Oh, because you remember, let me put a pin in that real quick. Because also the terms were, you know, transsexual, transvestite, transgender just became on the scene because back in our day, it was transsexual, transvestite. Yeah. And we would we would be considered cross-dressers, to be honest with you. Yeah. We would be considered cross-dressers. So it's like, you know, it takes you a while to know who you really are. And I think that also puts me in a space of you couldn't I couldn't tell you whether I was a lesbian from birth. Okay. I don't know who I wanted to sleep with when I was born or when I was five. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember none of that. <laughs> so it's like, That's you fair. know, you you grow into that. So it's like, you know, and I used to have conversations about that when I was going through what I want to look at, because if you see old pictures of me, you'll see me in a certain clothes where I I got baggy clothes on and I'm hiding my shape and I'm doing this. But then now I got stuff that fit because I'm not trying to hide it. I'm not going to keep buying big clothes to hide what's, what's there. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It was a it journey. Was a yeah, a journey and a transition. Like you said, um, I can speak for 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 myself mm-hmm. in, in the sense that when I was a kid, as early as I'll say the second grade, uh, if I'm being honest and transparent, I knew in second grade that I liked girls, little girls. Right. I knew that. Uh, what I didn't know is that as an adult that I would be able to live an authentic life as who I felt right, on the right, inside. Right. To go along with that, my outward appearance has always been well up into my 20s. Uh, maybe tomboyish is, is probably the best mm-hmm. or most accurate way to define what my dress or my attire would look like. Um, once I got through that phase. There was a transition uh, where, you know, I became uh, a member of the world's greatest Navy. So I was in the Navy for a while. Uh, I so I wore Navy. uniform. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I wore uniform for a while. And so that kind of uh, eliminated maybe, you know, some questions in terms of what I had to look like, you know, right. for the most part, when you take that uniform off, you just want to be comfortable. Uh, right. But what I can say is once I left the military, uh, and, and no longer had to hide, uh, and, and so to speak, who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. I vowed to me, and I think I was in my 30s at the time, early 30s, and I said I will never go back into anyone else's closet. That's first. Right. And the young lady that I was uh, dating at the time, I explained that to her because she was still closeted, uh, you know, or how she lived her life, but. Mm-hmm. When I got my first job as a civilian, I wanted to dress how I felt. Right, and right. How I felt at that time. Again, this is the early 30s. So for me, this is 2007. And I wanted to wear button up shirts, not necessarily a tie. I hadn't gotten quite there yet. 
Um, right. but they were, you know, really nice slacks and my shoes, you know, were always really nice. So I looked professional, perhaps mm -hmm. maybe not like Susan or Jane, you know, with the, the, the suit, um, blazer and the skirt or anything like that, but I dressed what was comfortable for me. And right. then I had to get to a place where I was develop more confidence within myself. Mm -hmm. Then I might put on the bow tie. Then I might put on the tie. I may put on a blazer, you know, right. and things of that nature. So I didn't come out or the closet automatically living as a studs masculine centered person. I came out gradually and kind of moved towards the direction of where I am now and where I am most comfortable. And right. I would encourage anybody to do that. I would encourage yeah. anybody to yeah. do that. But you know, as as you were talking, I took a, a leap back, and because I was so I was in such a religious mm. upbringing, mm -hmm. girls wasn't a thought. I knew boys wasn't a thought. Okay, but I never ever considered a girl okay. because they didn't they didn't preach to us that. Sleeping with a girl was bad. They preached more of having sex before marriage with a man mm. was bad. Okay. So growing up, I didn't I didn't like neither. And which confused me as I got older because I'm like, I don't I like girls because I felt it felt comfortable when I tried it for the first time. I'm like, this feels I like it. But I was engaged to a man. Okay. And I would have married him. He mm -hmm. was awesome. I wasn't in love with him, but he was, he fit what the church said I was supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. And I would have went through with it. I would have even probably had kids, but then that's what the prophet gave me. I didn't want to do it, nothing. <laughs> uh, oh God, I was so I was <laughs> right. I and I told him, and I remember before I broke off the engagement, I told him, I said, I will make you the perfect wife. I'll make sure your house clean. I will make sure your your everything is taken care of for you. I will cook for you. And I ideally, he was the perfect man. He was a preacher. I was a preacher. He was a musician. I was a musician. We were like perfect together. And then he was absolutely gorgeous. He was gorgeous. And I told him, I said, he kissed me once. And I said, okay. He kissed me the second time. And I, I gagged so hard. <laughs> I remember. And I was like, all right, no, this, this something ain't right. And, but I had not been with a female at all. Okay. And so I, it was like, I was so, so confused on the whole feeling of it. Like yeah. I didn't like nobody. And yeah. then when I, and of course, you know, the big move out to Atlanta <laughs> and I moved to Atlanta <laughs> and next thing you know, boom, here I am. <laughs> Atlanta got me. Yeah. I moved to Atlanta and I came back. I had to cut my hair off. I had waves. I had, you know, I was like, my Dude. uncle was like, hey, niece. I'm like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> and Atlanta, Atlanta took me all out. Yeah. But it, you know, I just never, I never had those experiences the way a lot of people had experience. I, I never even had a coming out experience. Mm. It was like, boom, let there be, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never had to go to anybody and come out. It's, it was yeah. like, 
like either you accept it or you don't. I don't. I honestly don't care. Yeah. And I've always lived like that. And and that's why, you know, I have to have that understanding for people who had to come out. Sure. Or, you know, because I don't know what it is. So I yeah. couldn't have sympathy. Yeah. My family didn't care what way or the other. Yeah. It was. And then when I really was living the way that I wanted to live. Now, I will say growing up, I respect my mom's house. Okay. Where I knew that she didn't want me dressing like a boy. I made sure I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so and when I got on my own and can do it, then I dressed the way that I wanted to dress. Sure. And I always had that respect about her. And then, too, when I went to go back to for Holy Convocation and stuff like that, you had to wear a skirt. Yeah. So I made sure, you know, so, yeah, it was, it was, it's crazy. It was yeah. crazy. Listen, I, I know our community, we've gone through so many different changes mm-hmm. and evolutions and um, so much backlash for, you know, just wanting to have a family. Yeah. Um, being represented as the dominant person who uh, I am the head of my household. I feel like you mm-hmm. are the head of your household. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like perhaps some of the younger generation uh, perhaps maybe need some guidance uh, in the in the in the area of one how to conduct themselves. Right? Maybe mm-hmm. they haven't been taught or raised, uh, as the, the the kids call it now. They haven't been raised uh, under a person who can give them that sort of guidance and that sort of mentorship. Right? right? I and agree with you. Say, that's not to say that I can speak for me that that I needed it, but I just knew there was a certain way I wanted people to see me and respond to me. And a lot of that didn't require, like we said, for me to have my pants hanging down. I wanted people to respect mm-hmm. me. Uh, I didn't. I never had to um, be overly aggressive because I wanted people again to be respectful towards me and and understand that I have a level uh, of intelligence and I mm-hmm. come with that. I'm coming from a loving place, so I don't want you to treat me in that way. So right, to some right. degree, I feel like, and, and that's not to say that all younger generations. I don't 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 come for me in the comments. I'm just saying y'all all of them. Come for me. All of them need it. (laughs) But I will say if they were to reach out and kind of and and a lot of times it's not that they even have to reach out, Mm -hmm. but perhaps they just need to see that an older, more masculine centered person, uh, how they conduct themselves and how they carry themselves. And I know that to be true because I've had Mm -hmm. lots of them come to me and say that I want to be just like you. I want to conduct myself the same way you do in business. You know, I want a wife one day and I want a family and so on and so forth, uh, which is great to hear. But we've got to be, I I don't want to say be more of a role model, but we've Mm -hmm. got to change our mindset and our behaviors uh, because the kids is watching. Yeah. So let's look at head of household. Yeah. Because I think that's where a lot of their perspective get confused. Okay. You brought up a very good word, aggressive. And you don't have to be aggressive to be the head of the household. We, I know us, when we look at, and and it could be varied in some way, when I feel, when I fulfill the the word, I mean, excuse me, the, the title of head of household, I am the primary breadwinner. I do lead and provide for this house. 
for, with my wife. Yes, we're in a partnership in our marriage. But at the end of the day, I lead them not only um, mentally, physically, and spiritually. That's mm-hmm. my job. Mm-hmm. And um, it's my job to make sure that we are navigating our children the correct way. I have an older son. He's 27. He has his own family. But like I told him, before you decide to marry somebody, yeah, you got a lot of kids, sir. Mm-hmm. But but you're going to be responsible for them. Mm-hmm. One. Two, you're need, you need to be able to put your name on a piece of plastic before you can put it on a person. And that's something that I take as, a, you know, I could take it as a joke, but I take that very serious. Because if you're going to own head of household, you got to know what all that is involved, you know, because you want to be able to provide a home for your family, not just, uh, you know, oh, what apartment is in her name and I'm living <laughs> there and I pay half of the bills. No, because in our in my home, it's not 50 50. Mm-hmm. It's it's 100 when it comes down to the financial. And that's just the way we are. And so it's not a 50-50 thing, you know, but in your home, it could be 50-50. It, I don't care what the numbers look like. And that is not the sole thing that makes me the head of household. My wife trusts me enough to know that I'm not going to lead us in a ditch. I do. Yeah, I do converse with her on decisions. I don't make all decisions at all, but she trusts me to be able to lead the way. Mm Mm-hmm. If I'm being transparent with our finances, transparent in everything that we're doing and we're working as a partnership, she's okay with submitting to the leading and the leadership that I'm providing for our house. Mm-hmm. To me, that makes you ahead of household. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that I was taught by my grandfathers mm-hmm. and by my uncle. Mm-hmm. I saw how they did. And it was like, Oh, I wanted, I wanted that, mm-hmm. not the respect that came with it. It felt comfortable and right for me mm-hmm. to be in that type of position in the house, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, that's head of household. And right. I do file head of household on taxes too. But, okay. <laughs> but what about you? How, how do you define head of household? Right. So I I would agree with what you're saying. Uh, a lot of how I carry myself um, within the household is what I saw and perhaps not directly in my household because my mom was a single mother. My father mm-hmm. uh, existed or, or we I was aware of him and, and where he was, but he didn't play a role within my house. What right. I saw is my grandfather and my grandmother and mm-hmm. the, the dynamics of their relationship. I've never seen my grandmother go to work. I don't hmm. know that she ever had a job. I, I think right. I about her having a job <laughs> at some point, but I never right. saw her go to work ever, ever, right. ever. <laughs> uh, but I, what I knew is that my grandfather took care of everything within the house. Uh, mm-hmm. If anything, you know, my grandmother, I think she might have paid the phone bill at the time. That's when they had uh, you know, a little tiny phone yeah, line. Yeah, the line. Right. So <laughs> if she wanted to pay that, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that was what I saw. And each relationship that I've had, there's always a discussion, right? So just like you mentioned, there's partnerships, right? You want to be able to have a partnership where it's you're not 100% or or to, to 
both of you together can't make up that hundred percent. There's there's sometimes where one is going to have eighty and the other is going to have twenty. There's going to yeah be, yeah. It has to be that balance. It has right. to be that balance. You cannot bring nothing. You know what I'm saying? So you have to have those kind of part. And I feel like uh, the younger generation, when I say younger generation, 25 and under, you know, I'm in, I'm 48, right? So mm -hmm. 25 and under, I would say, uh, let's normalize having conversations around, you know, if you and I are going to join and, and become uh, or be in a relationship and we're going to share the same address, let's define what that might look like before we go sign leases, right? right. Before we go jump into all of these commitments that we're probably, or in some cases, may or may not even be ready to do. Right. Figure out what that is, what, what you can afford, what you can't afford, and let's be honest. Just like right. you said, it shouldn't be a matter of uh, I can't, I, I don't even own a piece of plastic, but I'm gonna be, I'm a claim head of household just because I'm the dude. Yeah. Or like, no, I'm the, uh, I'm the stud or I'm the dominant one. No. Yeah. For me, I can say that the majority of the things in my home, I am responsible for. Mm -hmm. If I need my wife to help me, then she's in a position where she can help me. So right. that's how our partnership works. Right. We're not saying, I don't think either of you or myself are saying that that's how you, how you have to run your household. Please do not come for us in the comments in terms right. of us telling you, giving you this guidance. We're simply saying this is how we choose to live and conduct ourselves within our relationships, within our marriage, and how we handle things at home. Right. I do think that it is healthy and we should normalize having conversations and dialogue with the person that, you know, we're going to share a residence with or we're going to be in a relationship long term, whatever that looks like. We need to figure out how we're going to relate to one another, who's going to be responsible for what. And that doesn't mean that one person has to be the head of the household. There may be mm -hmm. times where both of y'all share that load, you know, right. Because it's not about it's not about roles, right? Because right. I think when you, when we use the word the term head of household, people think we have roles. Mm. No, head of household means just what we said it was going to be. Mm -hmm. But two things are what you said. One, they can come for us in the, the comments because we, like we said the other night last night, we in different tax. We, listen, we in different tax brackets, so it's only so much I'm gonna answer to. You're right. You're right. All right. So you can come all you want, but we're in different tax brackets. So until you they get up where we at, right. we can't have that conversation. Second, but I also see where that imbalance comes in when these and, and people post their life on social media, right? So when the relationship goes up in smoke and the stud is getting kicked out because it ain't her house, it's the film's house. You taking a trash bag and getting your clothes in. You ain't even got a suitcase to put your stuff in. You know, we see the imbalance. Yeah. So yeah. you you can't be the man or you can't be the head of household when you putting your clothes in a trash bag because she told you to get out. <laughs> Let's be real about it. Yeah. Or the relationships that all that go up in smoke and and you flip out and want to go kill her because you're so insecure and you're so don't you don't even know who you are or what you bring to the table that you, because she left you then it's i i can't live without you yes you can you was living before for sure 
you know, yes, it's going to hurt, especially when you've been in a relationship with somebody and you built the life. If me and, and God forbid, but if me and my wife are separate, it will hurt because mm -hmm. we got years in prior to us being married for five years. We've been together 13. Mm -hmm. that's a, and in gay years, that's a long time. Not for sure. You know, and thank you. We've blended our lives together. We have children that's blended together. We have a lot that we would have to separate. Mm -hmm. We talking about financial and and I'll be paying alimony at the at the, the behind. So it's a lot. So, but emotionally, I'm healthy enough to say, all right, well, it just didn't work out. That doesn't mean I hate that person. It depends on right. what she did. But that doesn't, but you know, we see so much of these situations. And then I saw one the other day. I was when I dropped my work car off out to the, the you know, to get oil changed, the fleet yeah. stuff. And I was sitting outside and I seen a stud and a little film mm -hmm. come out the girl to come out of Family Dollar and the, their back window of the car was gone. They took a, like a, the line piece of paper and wrote a tag number on it and had that up there. And when and so when they came out of Family Dollar, now I'm watching all of this. When they came out of Family Dollar, they took trash bags and taped it up to the window. And I'm looking at it like that's not that's not amount of love I want to be in mm -hmm. because that's it's sad that a lot of the younger relationships are like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like you don't. And then when they opened the car, it looks like they was living out of the car. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, and to them, to those type of situations, I want to be a mentor or a role model too. Mm -hmm. Because I think they have what relationship looks like wrong. I'm not saying that you don't get on hard times and you and that person are together. I'm not saying that at all. But when it's at that level, Somebody needs to help somebody get on a different path. Yeah. yeah. And that's just my perspective because I'm like, you shouldn't be living out of your car at that point. Both of y'all could be working together, doing what y'all need to do to get on your feet and make a plan. We can help you make a plan. We can mentor you into a better way of thinking, which will help you in a better way of doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I look at stuff like that and it's not in judgment. It's like, no, I really wanted to reach out to them and like, right. what's going on? What, you know, how can we help you in a better place? Because from one stud to the next. And to those individuals, I would love to be a mentor or a role model too, because that's not life. Right. That's not life. To me, that's a toxic, toxicity, not just in a relationship, but in some other parts of you that you haven't grown into or matured in. And we should be in a space and in a place to help guide them through that, not to come bail you out. 
but right. to help you see life in a different way and 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 function in a different way. Right. Right. Well, and, and you know what? I will also say uh, if you're watching this and you're listening to this podcast, let's be sure that you subscribe and share it because mm -hmm. we want to get you guys feedback on what you feel like the stereotypes of uh, not just us, right? Because there's some stereotypes for the that fit with the films as well, right? Like right. we ain't trying to start no fights, like my like my co-host said. Smoke. I do not want to smoke. I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> but we do want to get your feedback. We want to hear what it is, what stereotypes that either you've experienced yourself or perhaps you have stereotyped someone else. And you right. want to be able to come on this platform and say, you know what, after listening to y'all, maybe I, I I came to the wrong conclusion or perhaps I, I misjudged that person or, or I, I could have used a better term or whatever that is. Right. And I know you guys got questions and, uh, for us, you know, please drop them in the comments. Uh, we will be reading them. Um, let's, let's, let's kind of wrap this up, but I do want to touch on a couple other things. Uh, is there a call or action other than you volunteering and, and I'll volunteer myself. Uh, if you are a young person that is a, identifies as masculine center stud, the dominant, whatever that is, and you need some help or some guidance, uh, for whatever that is, maybe just to how to navigate life. Maybe you need somebody to talk to, you know, you facing some things, you just don't know what's going on. Make sure you drop us a comment, hit us in the inbox. Our social media platforms have been strolling on the bottom the, the entire time. Yes. Uh, but yeah, what do you think uh, is a call to action aside from offering the mentorship that we can do to help our, our young generation, our studs, uh, live a better life? Uh, and, and, be mindful yeah. of their regalness. Right, right. And, and, and condition their mindset. One, I'm going to definitely say tune in because Absolutely. we're not only going to be on these platforms, we're building a community because we're going to be talking about financial strategies and, and advisement and having people on our platform that's going to give you good, solid information and how to start. You may just not know. We're right. going to be giving you advice on... Um, employment it had how to, how to everything this is going to be a safe place for you and it's not just for studs it's for everybody who right. needs the information but there are people out there who've never had somebody stable in their life because what if they was raised in group homes whether whether yeah. they never had a good uh someone to, to say hey this is a model we're offering to be that model through this platform to help build the community of information, of resources, and for you to see somebody's and, we, and we're transparent. Mm -hmm. If we are if we are not graduated in a certain area, I, we will tell you that's not my area. And I had to offer help. But we want to give you the as much foundation support as we can. And we're open and we're available to you. You can be anonymous with your questions. You could be anonymous with your situation. We're going to talk about it. We're going to put it out there um, in, in and allow it to remain anonymous. But I don't want you to think that this is just an, uh, solely about stud versus film. This is about your success, your mindset, you being regal 
and you being and walking in your true authentic self. And that's what we're here for. I would say, amen. Amen <laughs> to that. You summed it up perfectly so well. Um, I'm just going to remind the people that you and I decided to do this every week. Every week. So they can catch us on this platform. We're going to attempt to go live uh, at some point. So y'all better tune in. Y'all better stay connected to us. Um, Absolutely. Is there something else you want to say before we go ahead and close out? No, I know that this is needed. I know that this is warranted. And I feel that the individuals that we're going to encounter, we are definitely going to impact um, tremendously. And we want to use this opportunity to be the to be the catapult to your success. That's the whole thing. And I think with the information that we have, the experience that we have together and the connection and networking that we have, you're going to be you're going to be full because as we're going to talk about the spiritual side, we're going to hit it all because if you bring a question, we're going to talk about it. And that's it. That's all I got. Well, listen, I hope we have debunked all of the misconceptions of what good actually is or isn't. Uh, But again, if we have not, please write your questions, your comments, your suggestions, all of that in the comments. Again, stay connected to us. Make sure you're tuning in every week. Like, follow, and share. And until next time, just keep a regal mindset. Keep a regal mindset. I love you. All right. I love you more, man. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later.